Alright guys, here we are. It is the Sons of Anarchy Season 7 Overview, Review, In-Depth Look, whatever you want to call it. This is it. My name is Alex. I am joined with Cody Robinson. What's up, Cody? Oh, just living the dream, sir. That's right. And Tony Terrio. What's up, man? What's going on? So, uh, you know, we decided to get together. Time has passed. Uh, it's been about four and a half months since Sons of Anarchy wrapped up. The entire show is completely done. So if you're listening to this, you better have watched every single episode right to the end because we are obviously, we're talking about season seven, so we're going to do complete spoiler review. Uh, everything from every season will be talked about. I mean, if necessary, if it ties in. So, uh, you know, we felt <clears throat> we're all pretty big fans of the show, so we felt it was necessary to kind of make sense of this whole thing. And uh, so just to give, like, an idea so people know how big a fan we are, and we are supporters of the show, um, Cody, uh, how would you rate season uh, one through six? Oh, in what order? Uh, no, like, how about, like, an overall for, like, a Netflix rating? What, what would you give the first six seasons? Right, a one, a one out of five stars. Oh, uh, the first six seasons? Uh, or do they vary? Are there any that dip for you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to say one through five are a solid five for me. Uh, uh, season six, more of a four and a half. And... Okay. Uh, Tony, how about you? Um, one through six would be a five out of five. It is uh, by far the most exciting viewing experience I've had for a television show ever. Yeah, Definitely. five out of five. I have uh, some asterisks, I guess, but uh, so yeah, o- overall, uh, season one through six is uh, five out of five. Best TV show I've ever watched in my entire life. I've never been so into something before. Hey, man. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. It's uh, perfect in a lot of ways. Uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people talk about season three. And they don't like when they went to Belfast. Uh, you know, the first time I saw that, I had no problem with it. Um, I was way into the idea that, uh, is he going to get his kid? And how is this going to play out? And actually, it was weird. When we first saw that, we were so shocked, because we were so into the show by then. We were so shocked that the kid was taken and that the prospect died. It was just crazy to us that we, we almost, me and my uh, fiance couldn't, stop watching until he got the kid back. It was really weird. Yeah. We, we almost like, we almost watched like eight episodes in a row. It was that intense for us, and we cared that much. I wasn't really concerned with the change of scenery. I was just wondering when he's getting his kid back and you know, how that went down. So yeah, that didn't bother me. I love the rewatchability of the show because it's almost like a puzzle. Like, you know, there's stuff that maybe you missed or every little scene or sentence to feel has something there so when i rewatch i can't skip an episode even if i know i'm not gonna like it or it's gonna annoy me Mm -hmm. i gotta start to finish can't skip anything well there's no episodes like the fly episode on breaking bad so oh man so we're good is that weird that that's exactly what i thought of while i was talking (laughs) Yeah. yeah that's an episode you skip people that you can skip that the first time around agreed so, you know, we praise this enough. We gave our perspective. Um, season six ends off <clears throat> with something that I still have never recovered from. I was into Tara 
pretty much from the beginning. She was always, uh, you know, important to me. And uh, and may I add one more thing, just to kiss the show's ass, that <clears throat> there's so many people that are in this show that were born to be here. Like, Ron Perlman was born to play Clay. Oh, hell yeah. You know, uh, Charlie Hum, born to play Jax, clearly. Uh, Maggie Siff was born to be Tara. And Peg Bu- or uh, Katie Segal was born to be Peg Bundy and Gemma somehow. Like, what a person in the world. Like, how rare of a person is that? You were born to do two gigantic, significant things. The mark of a great actor right there. I mean, to be able to do comedy so well and then go to drama and just kill it, you know? And totally embody both roles as if exactly. you are them. Yeah. It's, I've never seen that before. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, to that level. Um, so, Tara gets murdered by Gemma at the end of season six in such a horrific way she gets a pitchfork in the back of the head and it's like nothing I've ever seen and nothing I want to see again and that image um, is like instilled in my brain and I've never never watched it again since that day either have I nope and I actually went through that season again and when that part came um, Maggie Siff gets in the or Tara gets in the house and she gets to like this part of the room and she just looks around and she smiles because she knows that things are finally like what a roller coaster ride that whole episode was where you think they're going to get her and kill her and the whole lead up uh, Tara spelled backwards is a rat and all this other stuff and she's definitely dead and Jax and everybody surrounds her in the park and you don't know where this is going and he says go I want you to take the boys and you're right no matter what you did to get to this I think you should go nobody expected that because uh, Jax was so into the kids at that point. Um, <clears throat> so then you're so relieved, and Jax is <clears throat> going to go to jail. So you're a little sad, but by the time he's saying goodbyes to everybody, <clears throat> Unser already came in the house, left the keys, and then says, you know, or, or whatever, and you know as soon as he put those keys down, I don't know if you guys knew this, I knew that Tara was dead. Yeah. As soon as he laid the keys down, I go, Fuck. And my fiance is like, "Why?" I go, "She's dead." She's like, "No, she's not." I go, "She's gonna die." Nope. This this is all leading up to her dying, and yeah, that would be a great swerve, but it just came back. That's what I said. The suspense. They they don't tell you what's gonna happen, but they trigger something off in your senses that when you're watching, you get a tingling feeling, and you know, no, no, it's it's about to happen, and you sit there and you watch it unfold and you just know in your bones fuck it's gonna happen yeah but you're still you're still surprised when it does exactly exactly oh you're just hoping it doesn't happen yeah yeah that sense of dread as soon as he put the keys down and walked away i said fuck and right there was just the most depressing thing and and i admit man i got teary-eyed and all that stuff i did you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, I just couldn't believe it. It was so sad and the, the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, I never got any, and I met my fiance. I remember it was in bed crying. Like you never, like her, like someone, she just heard her best friend got in a car accident and died crying that much. And then saying to me, I don't understand. Why do I, why do I have to? feel this way all i wanted to do was get into a show that i really liked i don't want to feel like this 
You know, and it was really sad to hear that. And then I got even more depressed and what I was already feeling with Tara. And we already went through this with Clay because although he was an asshole on the show, I, and I can't watch him die either. When I saw, you know, when I... I have not rewatched that either. That's another scene I have not rewatched, even though I've rewatched that season. I just... Can't. You know, when, as soon as Jax, like, puts the gun up, I just look down at the floor. And uh, and I hate when I when they even walk in the room later, and I and I accidentally see him laying there dead. I didn't like that either. It's like those two deaths, man, are like the worst uh, fucking Christmas present I ever got. Mine is a uh, OB. That's the most shocking thing I've ever seen on television. I'm, I'll never forget the day I watched it. Well, it's weird. I it got ruined for me. Just to give my frame of reference, I was not fortunate enough to have someone let me know that this was the greatest show in the world. And I discovered it on my own uh, right after season five ended. I was uh, already about in season three, <clears throat> and I walked through the video store, and it was some moron's great idea to wrap a DVD of season five in an Opie shirt that said R.I.P. Opie. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Nope. And I did so good at not being spoiled on this show. I pretty much everything was new to me, but not that. Um... So I knew he was going to die. Didn't know when. Season oh, four. Oh, no. Yeah, season four went by. Season five, almost right away. Bam. And I was like, you know, when you sort of expect it, it's kind of weird. I, I didn't get the impact that I probably should have. Nope, nope. <clears throat> you know? And it's weird because Michael J. already knows that Tara's dead. I don't know how he found out. I know oh. people that just started watching the series from episode one that already know how it ends. <laughs> I mean, you're still going to get enjoyment, but just the whole time, it's not going to... You're not going to go through the same ride. You're not going to go no. through the no, ride the way it was no, intended uh, to be. Yeah, you know, Clay, Jax, that was great. Uh, I hated hating Clay. It just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, yeah. When they when they had him take the really kind of dark turn uh, in, what, season five, four or five? Uh, four is when he got them into drugs. And then Jack, and then Opie shot him. Oh, yeah, he killed Piney in four, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did like how they kind of, you know, they kind of brought it back, brought him back around, though, later on, which made it that much more impactful when he died, but it made you hate it that much more. I, I really hated it that they didn't carry him all the way to the end. I mean, I thought he should have been, the the show, oh, as much as I, I love the series finale, I thought that, it should have been the the final showdown between him and Jax should have been there right at the end. That should have been the last episode, the climactic point of the series, the the confrontation between uh, uh, Jax and Clay and Gemma. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think that's how it goes in in the Hamlet thing. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's what I was about to say. You know, it's everything comes to a head right at the end. Well, supposedly he was rushed off the show. Supposedly there was some going on, goings ons, whatever you say, uh, on set or something business wise or something creative wise, and he left prematurely. That's what I always heard. Maybe and, it may have been just a conflict of scheduling. You know that happens a lot. Well, I do. I do remember hearing that um, as the seasons went on, all the the cast members stopped talking to him, right? Well, yeah. Basically, they got way closer as a family like way more closer than they ever would have anticipated and the closer they got he literally became a shutout and you had this whole great 
working group of best friends and then, you know, your highest paid star actor or whatever off the side, not communicating with anybody. So wow, sure. really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I heard that Charlie Hunnam drove the wedge between everybody because he was one of those guys <clears throat> who, and I heard this even before uh, Ron was off the show, it was in public already that uh, Charlie Hunnam literally stopped talking to Ron on set because Charlie and obviously, you know, what he did with riding a motorcycle in real life and dressing like Jacks in real life. Uh, I mean, the only thing he didn't wear was a cut and the white sneakers. I mean, he was Jacks offset. Uh, his whole life was Jacks. He was even considering getting the tattoo on his uh, fucking forearm with uh, the John Teller thing. Like, and he wore the glass, everything, everything. He rode the same bike for Christ's sake. Yeah. Do you hear the story about the guy breaking into his apartment or his yeah, house? Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. A sword or something. And, uh, yeah, uh, so Charlie Hunnam supposedly lived out the character, and as him and Clay, he didn't want to be, be friendly with Clay in real life and try to get in the headspace to hate him on the show. And so he literally, he, in real life did that to him and, and I think I read I bought Ron Perlman's book and he talked about that he said everybody did that to him eventually they all stopped talking I guess they were all following Charlie's lead or something he was you know? probably method acting and yeah right exactly yeah. and and look what he did with Fifty Shades of Grey and thank, thank God he didn't do it I mean for him oh my God yeah it was terrible but for him it would have been good yeah still a stupid mistake but him and, and we're gonna get into this whole thing with season 7 the, the idea that he thought he couldn't get into the headspace of that Christian Grey and then try to be Jax is insane to me because <laughs> what headspace did he have to get in? He sure as shit didn't seem very broken up over this whole Tara thing. Like, I don't even know what he's... What, you couldn't sit down at, in a lawn chair in front of some store and talk about guns with Alvarez because cause you whipped a girl with a, with a whip? Like, I, I just don't understand... There wasn't a ton of emotional weight that he had to convey here in season seven. So I guess we could yeah. start. We could start getting into that now. We don't know who we are till we're connected to someone else. We're just better human beings when we're with the person we're supposed to be with. Take it back. I would take it back For just another minute Just another chance with you I belong here Give it up I would give everything up Every last supposed to leave Every first taste for you Just to make it all right just to make it all right But it's too late To go back I can see the darkness Through the cracks Daylight fading I curse the breaking the day is gone The day is gone Run away Don't go anywhere 
I'll just run away like a child from all of them to you. And now I see that's a good luck for you. My most constant mistake is I don't know what I love till it's gone. But it's too dead the most devastating thing and i feel that i was more affected than jacks so season seven starts and oh here's a weird little weird telltale foreshadowing sign my fiance we watched the trailer for season seven and this is when we've been long broken up over tower you know that lasted nine months because we didn't get a new show for nine months so we had to sit with that in our heads for nine months hated you know katie seagull or gem or whatever she sees jack say i just lost my woman of the love of my life and I'm not gonna lose my club too and Tiffany's like are you serious yeah what about your kids motherfucker she's she's like your club like is this really what we're doing and I was like what at the time I didn't get it I was like what do you mean she's like hon who gives a fuck about your club your wife just got her fucking head stabbed in and dead, your soulmate, the, the, your other half, the thing he said, I slept with a hundred women, and every time I do, you know, I only see your face, you know, it's all, it's all, not, it's all a blankness or whatever to me, it's all you, all the time, you, you know, like, it was, t- there's such deep, passionate connection with this soulmate of his, this meant-to-be person, who stuck by and did all this stuff, is dead. And he's talking about losing his club, his his jerk off buddies that they they hang out and drink and and steal things and sell guns and have an awesome time all the time. Yeah, yeah. it's not very awesome. Actually. <laughs> it's a pretty depressing life. It's a, it's a total. It, it became misery. that way. Yeah. 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 
So it's just like, it, that's just, she thought that was crazy. Like, you got to be kidding me. And I thought when I saw the trailer, like, no, you don't get it, man. He's just going to go, he's just going to, like, tear this whole place up and just kill everybody in his rage of Tara because he doesn't know who did it. And this and that, and it'll be amazing. And it'll it'll all be for Tara. So it's going to be great. You know, it, you'll see. <laughs> so then we start the show, and Jax is, like, beating up some guy in jail, and you figure that's, you know, for Tara, so it's all right. Then all of a sudden, he meets Marilyn Manson and throws the teeth down and smiles and says, eh, I thought you guys do that, blah, blah. And what does he do? He talks about street politics and relationships with drugs or guns or like at that point I was I couldn't believe what I was hearing that I actually felt like it didn't even know the character anymore I felt like I don't know who I'm watching exactly yeah well if you look at the transitions leading up to it he wants to leave with terror the whole time then he just wants to stay to fix the club and then he's gonna throw himself in jail to save Tara and then Tara is murdered what you should have had is the seven stages of grieving, and they should have been displayed. You should have seen all these arcs in him. They could they could have done it faster if they wanted to, if they wanted to jump into a seventh season and develop like storyline. Like more, Tony. You didn't see any of that. You've seen, based on every season, every choice ever made, his reaction, the way he had to talk to Tara based on the club, the way he would say, fuck off the club, I'll give it up forever because of the way it affects Tara. And all of a sudden, it's the biggest impactful event ever in his life, and you don't get any actual reaction to it. It's like, it was never even there. It nope. never happened. It, it was it was amazing. I, 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 I We were waiting for nine months to see, wow, what's he going to do? What's he going to react? What's he going to, you know, how's he going to handle this? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, he's talking to Alvarez and Nero. And I'm just sitting here looking at this. After having to watch a guy get pulled down the street in a wheelchair, I'm sorry. That's all cool and, and funny in season four or five, whatever, one, two, three. But now we're at a point where this is so dark. And so, you know, I just want to get engulfed in this now. And that is not exactly what I had in mind uh, to, to open up Season 7. I mean, think of that scene what you will. I mean, that's the least of the problems, honestly. That right there, the tone was just so off. So then we get to the idea that now we're going to see every character on the show. And guess what? No, None of those people have a reaction to Tara either. Because we said it ten days later. There's no funeral nobody talks about it at all because it's done Wendy does one little mention and she's like oh yeah it was really horrible so who's watching the kids it's just like yeah that's it you have nothing to say about this nobody's amazed nobody cannot believe it and 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 all you get is a few people throughout the first few episodes of season 7 going hey man sorry about your old lady and Jack's like thanks so, do you have those guns for the Russians? Yeah. And you're like, that's it? If you look at when Opie was killed... I was that, just about to say that, Tony. That I, I know exactly where you're going with this, I think. His speeches, his facial expressions, his attitude, his mentality, his strategy, everything changed. Whether it's a couple hours, episodes, or seasons after, he would still mention 
I saw my best friend get murdered. It changed me. It, it changed the course of the show. Why this didn't change anything. It, it made us regress because now you don't have to waste time filming Tara storylines. So you regressed. It was the opposite of what should have happened. Exactly. It yes. It should have caused a progression that we were all waiting for. And then we got what they gave us and just it felt so missing something and obviously physically because you're missing clay you're missing tara but just the like alex you said the emotional impact and what it should have led to was completely ignored totally and you know the apologists i'll speak for them i'll play devil's advocate and i'll they'll tell you well hey man everybody deals with death differently People grieve in different ways. It was easier for Jax not to confront this or ever visit her tombstone. That's another fucking problem I got. Never visits her tombstone. And then in the, in the first episode, when you they show it, it's like some uh, there's like a number and a plate on the grass where she's buried, I guess. And Unser like does something, I don't know, uh, over there. And that's it. And you don't ever see this thing until the very last episode, which is like, oh, yeah, right. You're going to give that to us now? Get the fuck out of here. You know? And it's like, he never visits her tombstone. He lived at JT's tombstone. He lived at Opie's tombstone. That's Jax. He is a different type of person, you know, and they'll say, you know, you don't know how he handles it. Well, guys, I know Jax, though, and I've been with him over the shoulder for six years. I've seen him react to the entire scope of what could possibly happen to a human being. I've seen it all. I've seen him live through everything, and that's not how he does it. It's it's almost as if Jax was written by people who have never seen the first six seasons and didn't even know that Tara was a true thing in his life. Like, it was almost, it's like, do you know that, he's, that she's not like a crow eater? Exactly. If you were, if you were projecting your business for next year, if you were doing forecasting, you would look at your trends, your past six years. You have this guy who, so passionate about his club, his brothers, his family, everything is all equal. He's a very passionate individual. He loved Tara. I'm sure he loved Opie just as much as everyone else he ever lost. Every time something bad happened to him, he did whatever he had to do, but he always tried to become a better person to prevent it happening again to somebody else even closer. If you're following his trend, his the way the show is written and progressed, his natural reaction should be learn from it, make sure my kids don't get affected because they're the next closest person to me. And he's done it so many times in the past that for him to become so ignorant and absurd when there's still so much at stake because if he wants to save his club and he loves his kids, then he's still got a lot of work to do that you need to handle the situation completely different and keep doing everything your character has done in the past, which is get stronger from your mistakes and learn well that being said you know it's not really that positive of a story you know if it is in fact based on hamlet you know it's a tragedy you know and that's what they were going for probably they they wanted him to become show how you know uh, with with each important person in his life he lost you know how he became that much more removed and, and cold to everything, which I don't think it worked out in the long run. I don't think it made it, it made for a, a better story, but I, I think I understand what they were going for with it at least. Right, that's yeah. My, that's my biggest issue, though, is 
I think at this point they were so forced on the end of the right, this is your seventh season, your final season. Here's yeah. the end game. We we have to they, get the they, character to yeah, this from they this wrote point. to it. Whereas if they would have organically realized what the show is displaying is that if anyone else was Jack's real person, fictional character, they would have gave up a long time ago or done things <laughs> yeah, right. different. What this guy's been through, what he's learned, he should be he should be able to deal with this in a positive way. And like I said, once Tara's gone, he should have zoned in on his kids and said, I got to yeah, get my kids out. I got to do this. I got to, you know, it doesn't have to be a fairy tale, but, you know, maybe, you know, make this guy actually learn a life lesson and finally come out on top for like one second of one day. Cause that's been his whole goal for seven seasons. And to just at that final season, just say, Hey, nope, he doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah, yeah, you know, the the whole point from episode one is him trying to basically get out of his father's shadow, you know, and not make the same mistakes. And and then, like you said, episode, or uh, season seven, it just... The whole Hamlet archetype disappeared. Yeah. Even getting rid of Clay, it disappeared. You know, it just, and that's when everything completely fell apart. And you could even, look, I'm, I'll even buy into the idea that, that Tara's gone, he don't give a shit about anything at all anymore. Even if you take that into account, he still would be completely broken up about Tara. He still would be completely into his children. Yes. Um, even if he doesn't care about anybody else and will kill everybody else, that's fine. But where is he, where is he anymore? And oh, he's like oh, his 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 she was his true north. Uh okay. So he doesn't care about her because it was she was his true north and she's gone, so he doesn't care about her. Like, oh, of course he cares about her. Dude, everything he did was because of her. That was all rage out of his love for her. Really? Because it just seemed like payback to me because rage out of his love for her. Okay, where are the scenes when he's sitting at the table, bangs the gavel, they all walk away, and then Bobby says, you're all right, uh, boss, or whatever, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm all right, man. And then everybody leaves, and Jack sits at the table, and a tear goes down or something. Or he does something, he leaves everybody, and he looks at a, a mirror in the bathroom, and he just, like, breaks down and starts punching things and doing this and, and like, holding his head and crying, and he can't believe she's gone, or looking at pictures or anything. Where was all that shit? It was just nowhere. And they gave us... It almost like gave, they gave us, like, pity shit. Like, in the second episode of season seven... He wakes up, looks at the side of the bed that's empty. I'm like, okay. See, the first episode was bizarre, but now we're getting to something. Then he looks at the kitchen floor where she was killed. They're like, okay. Then he uh, comes home after killing those two kids and lays with his son, and a tear goes down his eye. And it's like, okay, we're we're getting back there. Maybe he just, uh, you know, the first episode he had things to do, so okay. Guess what? Episode three to episode, I think, nine, there is nothing. Oh, there's one more thing. He beats up uh, the Chinese guy, Lin, and he's like, her name was Tara! Say it! Tara! And, like, is this supposed to be, like, your big breakdown? Like, this is where you're showing us you do love her and you do care and you can't believe she's gone? That's it? 
because I just sat through five episodes where you did nothing. You know, and it just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't gel. And once you do that, then everything else doesn't work anymore. If our guys... And then, okay, let's move on from from this and move to Bobby and Chibs, the voice of reason, the two of them. Where was that? Whatever you say, Jax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One time, again, they make Bobby go, hey, uh, boss, anytime you want to slow down here, you let me know. And Jax is like, no, I'm all right. That's it. But where were the scenes of Chibs and Bobby talking on the side about Jax saying, I'm not sure about this? Or, you know, like, well, let's do this just in case. Uh, I know Jax usually called the shots behind Clay's, you know, back or whatever. But now Clay's gone and Jax is not himself. And you have no original thinkers in the show at all. It's all done. Yeah. Or when Bobby leaves at the end of season five, you know, because he was upset with the way Jax was doing things, you know, uh, and afraid he was going to end up like Clay. And then all of a sudden he's just in season seven. He's just, OK, whatever you say. Yeah. Oh, uh, our our leader, his his wife was killed. So he can totally spiral everything we've worked for and everything we've established. Into right the into abs- the shitter. Yeah. Because it'll make him feel better. Because that's what's important. You know, that's really realistic. You know, let's just let him get us all killed. And that's fine. And then, when you get Bobby's fucking eye handed to you in a box and hands, Chibs is like, no, you got to keep doing this, man. Just keep on going. Don't stop anything. If you stop now, it was all for nothing. And it's like, he does, you know, even Jax is saying, you know, I did all this, and look where it got us. I had this all start with Tara. That's how it all started, Jax. Think of what they did to your wife. Think about that. See? And that's, it's okay. And I'm like, who is writing this guy? And why yeah. Why isn't Charlie Hunnam saying anything? That's what I always wanted to know. Why isn't Charlie Hunnam going, hey, Kurt, you know, Tara was pretty important to me, you know. I was deeply hurt by this whole thing in season six, and I had those scenes where I was like, I feel so far away from you. How do I get back? And all that type of shit. And then I was willing to give up my life pretty much for eight or ten years, whatever the fuck, and go to prison and lose my club, which is so important to me, just so I could protect the woman I love more than life itself and my my boys who I've been writing journals for for six years. Why don't I seem to care about any of that? And and why am I not paying attention to the kids? Because I'm so hell-bent on my thing, suddenly my kids are just nothing to me? That that was the biggest part that made me stop rooting for Jax. Yeah, the lack of suddenly... You know, look, let's face it. He was never exactly father of the year. He was always sort of gone. Tara was always taking care of them. But there was a scene or two where Jax was holding them in the morning and stuff. But... It wasn't the kind of distance, like a, a neglect or a lack of even having any interest. It was never about that. In this season, it almost seemed intentional. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to be bothered. You know, other times he just seemed too busy. So, you know, this whole season is filled with so many problems. You know, Juice, his whole storyline. Oh, Nero is uh, pissed at at Jax because Juice told him that he put the pillow over the chick's face and killed her. So now Jax finds out that he told Nero and he hugs Juice at the end of season six saying, you betrayed me. 
And ever since he said, you betrayed me, Juice is, like, scared shitless, and he helps Gemma by shooting the guy who was harassing him all of season four, uh, that sheriff, and uh, hides the weapons and all that. But uh, And he goes into hiding. And now, supposedly, the club is almost as mad and want to see him just as bad as they would if they knew he'd had something to do with Tara. But no, that's not why they're all pissed at him and want him dead or want him to go kill himself or just want to catch up with him. No, it's because he told Nero in a drugged out uh, vomit haze that Jax told him to kill that girl. Now, this is builds up for what, guys? Like seven episodes, maybe? Way too long. Yeah, way too long, number one. Number two, they finally catch up with this asshole because he goes to sell their secrets to the Mayans. And they, the showdown is here. Finally. The whole crew gets him. They walk away. He's a dead man walking. Everyone's surrounding him. And the scene ends. So now you're like, holy shit, next week is going to start off. This is going to be so good. We finally see the confrontation, Jax and and Juice face to face. What do you see in the next episode? Juice is standing there. Jax hands him a cut for no real reason. Uh, He gets on the bike, drives away, shoots other cop motorcycles, and gets arrested. Where the fuck was the big confrontation? We never got to see what happened. Ah, I'll play devil's advocate here. You weren't dying to see this confrontation? I was, and the way they timelined, the way they filmed it, I'm saying what you're saying right now. I'm feeling the same way. However, the scene we get at the end of the season was so fucking phenomenal Right. That if the way they did this made that scene better, then they did it perfect. But would would it have hurt it though? I'm not I'm not so sure that they wouldn't have Jackson him wouldn't have had that amazing You know, he wouldn't tell about Gemma or anything at that time. I mean honestly, since was it season four or five, we've just been everything out of Juice's mouth has been awkward lies around the club that mm-hmm. like you said, you could almost fast forward it. It's just it's the same shit, it's repetitive. He should have been dead a long time ago. He's walking Right. Yeah, it's almost like he's just been there for filler. Yeah, it's like, do I really need to see him lie to the club anymore in person? And then them knowing he's lying and then them use them. It was kind of cool, I guess, creatively that the way they did structure it. Because it was just, it was kind of a fuck you to the audience. Like, yeah, set up the scenes for next week. So I I didn't mind at all because I kind of knew what they were doing. They were playing with us. They were toying us around. They had us on a string and they knew it. And plus, the, the, the previews uh, screwed with us because it looked like exactly Juice earned his way back into the club when exactly. Jack handed him the yeah. So you thought, well, what did he do to get back in? <clears throat> and again, it's a failed nothing. It's a nothing again. But here's okay. Let's talk about Juice again. Well, real quick, Cody, do you agree with me? Did you were you dying to see the when they finally caught up with him and then you didn't? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that was so non-climactic. I mean, Jesus Christ. And okay, so let's. And so not only do they blow that with Juice, now Juice gets another shot at a great climax. Obviously, the tension between Juice and Gemma is building. Juice is unstable. He's the only one who knows. Gemma's willing to protect the guy, but once she sees that, look, I don't know if this guy should have my secret in his head. This is the last guy I think I want knowing that I killed Terror. He's the last person. He's the most unstable fucking guy I've ever seen in my life. I think he has to die. 
Sorry, thanks for helping me, Juice, but I'm going to be the lowest form of life on the planet and have to kill you because you're so unstable. So what happens? They get in this this thing. You know, uh, Gemma says something about where they're going, and he knows he's lying because um, someone else is mad. Oh, Nero's mad at him, so Nero would have never said whatever she said. And you get this cliffhanger where he's holding a gun, pointing at her. She says, please don't kill me. Scene ends. Well, this is my biggest problem with the final season, and it comes down to the writing. So you have Juice, who's on the run from the club, who will murder anybody because he's paranoid, thinking that whatever, he's just going crazy, killing random people. Now, in a situation where he has a chance to kill a main character... Because he's not supposed to kill the main character. The show writes itself for he wouldn't do that when if he's making these previous choices, he would kill someone in that spot. But we all know Katie Segal ain't leaving before the last episode. Yeah. So now he's going to also go to the Mayans and sell the cl- uh, give club secrets for his own good. However, he's going to sacrifice himself for the greater good of the club. That his was char- the biggest red light for me. His character is so inconsistent that it's it's, it's ridiculous. The write, writing of the story, it's making it TV writing. It's saying this is our final season, this is what has to happen, and if you really sit down... We you gotta tie this actions, shit up. It just... He, there's no inconsistency there, which makes any story he's involved in just so... Where the show has felt organic and authentic for such craziness, it pulls it off, makes you believe the craziest shit could happen. It just takes this storyline and just says ah fuck it he does this he does this he does this yeah he he does this oh he doesn't do that don't worry about it and you just gotta sit there and be like oh yeah this makes sense when it really fucking doesn't you know you just wrote anything you wanted and you put a camera to it and you filmed it and that's what we got 90 percent of season seven just felt like they were force feeding it to us to me at least no yeah absolutely i mean dude let's get back even to the idea that jack's hates juice because of this uh truth he bestowed on nero why why do you hate juice for that what happened nothing nero said just said you know uh he said something you know this comes around uh, karma comes around man at the end of season six and nothing else happened nero is still in jack's pocket yeah gets over it real quick Really quick, like, what did Jax, what is this big turmoil that he had to face due to Juice saying that? Nothing. So that right there is, even before we find out she has kids or whatever, Jax is saying, you know, take care of her, murder. Now, that's essentially Jax becoming Clay, which he never wanted to do. So by having Juice tell Nero that Jax did that, that is somebody reaffirming to Jax that he's becoming everything he doesn't want to. So to bury that secret is to bury the fact that he's disgusted with himself. Okay, okay, maybe we're putting it in the wrong context. Let's take it out of why is Jax so mad, and let's just put it in the context that it's another story that went nowhere. Because Nero should have changed due to that. Exactly. Yes. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's the writing. You... This was the first season where they had to promise something, and I just don't think they knew how to write in the same style they were writing to write yeah, into this we, final. We gotta tie all this yeah. shit up. Everything's gotta come together. Yeah. It's you like know, S- Stephen King syndrome. Like you got. I can't finish it. 
you know, you built this whole environment, you built all these characters, you made us care about even the littlest person, and then when all push came to shove, shit, I didn't think of a way to end this for the ride. I just wanted to keep writing forever. I would have been happy if they just did a mini, uh, like a mini, uh, uh, you know, like Breaking Bad, only at half the season or something. Don't give me any street politics. Just focus on Jax and Gemma. I would have been happy with just that. Seeing what I've got this whole time, I didn't need the big carnage, wreckage bullshit. I, you know, you could have just kept me invested in the people at hand and this whole thing unraveling with Gemma. Oh, hey, I got a great idea. We'll, we'll really impact the audience. You know, we like killing off main characters. Let's kill Gemma's birds. Yeah. That'll get them. Dude, oh, so many missed opportunities. That... Just stories that led to nowhere. The pastor. What the fuck was... What was that whole thing about? Oh, you know, I couldn't care less. When Jax was sitting there with the papers and they were like... And he was all wet and talking to them. I was just like, yeah, okay. And these people are who and I care why. And, you know, I think that even happened in Breaking Bad. Like, the whole ending of that. We're, we're supposed to care about that they killed off these like hillbilly guys who took over their business but we just met those guys it ain't like yeah. this big impact like if you saved uh well i don't want to say you know the the bomb guy who if you yeah. saved if you saved that for the end that would have been much better i think uh but anyway yeah just like things that led to nowhere one of the biggest things that the whole fucking episode green sleeves <laughs> Something that led to absolutely nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Gemma is paranoid that the club that Jax wants to meet her at the cabin. She's completely convinced that she, he knows she killed Tara. So the whole time she's freaking out, then happy and the other guys say Jax wants you there. Why? Club business. Like, why couldn't you just say, well, there's a heroin addict uh, over there with her kid and we need you to help her? You, this thing in previous seasons you would have had the same build up and it would have got like I said mentioned that before that feeling when you're watching it you would have been like oh shit I don't know what's gonna happen I'm gonna be surprised but I just know this is something I'm never gonna forget yep and I thought that was happening here exactly and it's your final season everything's worked so well why do you got to play with us? Oh, come back next week. Come back next. Nothing happened. Yeah. It was just all smoke and mirrors. That's not been your calling card the whole time. Why would you set up such? Because I was, that was suspenseful. I was on the edge of my seat. I had that feeling like, oh man, here comes something. Here it comes. And then just to be dicked around. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching here? This is not some NBC show or something where like, you're going to show me a kid hanging off a building and, oh, he might fall and then somebody saves him. It's like, no, you don't dangle stuff here. This is the real deal. We know what we're watching. If you're going to build something, you know, if you're going to move the camera a certain way, you know, make characters show stuff, like, we know, we know, we might not know what's actually coming, but we're already emotionally getting ready to be shocked to our core. Like, that's what we signed up for. Don't pull a bait and switch on us in your final season when you've been, you know, you know, straight up with us the whole time. Delivering things. consistently. Yeah. I mean, you kill one of the main characters in the show in episode three of season five or whatever. That's as surprising as it gets. Don't take your final season and build up a whole scenario that's exciting to just be like, ah, just fucking with you. Come back next week. Yeah, and here's, here's what doesn't make any sense about it. We know that it's nothing. You're taking us on this ride with Gemma 
to nowhere because we know that Jax doesn't know. We know that he's not going to kill her. So why are we watching this is my question. Why do we have to sit there and watch this? The only way that would have worked is if she got to the cabin and was paranoid as shit and she didn't see the, the black people yet and she got there and something happened where one of the guys scared the shit out of her and said something. She turned around and just shot him. And it was like happy or something. And she shot him like, holy fuck. Yeah. She just shot happy, you know? That would be the whole fucking point of this. Exactly. That's what I thought was going to happen. Somebody here is going to get caught in crossfire and whatever you don't expect to happen is going to happen. And then, wait a minute, what? Every other television show in the world does on a weekly basis. You just did to us in your final season. Thanks. And and you know the devil, uh, the the apologist would say, well, that's because you see, you thought that was going to happen. That's why it didn't. Yeah, but what the fuck is the pay? I don't care if it didn't happen. Then do have a fucking airplane and hit the whole place. I don't care. The point is, you gave us nothing though. Like, oh, just fucking with you. Look, it's these two heroin addicts. Oh. Okay, but the audience already knew that, though, so... Oh, shucks, Gemma. You were scared, weren't you? It's gonna, it's gonna come around. It's gonna get you in the end. You wait. Like, that's it? That's what I want? That's my entertainment for the week? Like, are you fucking with me? Huge problem. Nobody wanted this show to end. I mean, this show was getting bigger. The writing was getting outrageous. Characters, you know, actors were getting popular. It had to end eventually. Nobody wanted to end. Fans didn't want to end. So you're turning into the last season. You are giving minutes of your life to this show. Don't waste our fucking time. Right, exactly. Why are you wasting our time with this? Like, why? What's the point? And, and why do we have to see Jax kill a drug addict? Because that, you're going to make it so this guy has a, a video? Like, are you serious? That's what we're doing? We're wondering when the fuck Jax is going to find out about this shit. And we're worried about going to a pimp to find a video of a fucking heroin act and a priest fucking somebody? Like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, I don't even know where we're going with this. Which leads me to the, the next stomach-turning moment. When they decide, Kurt Sutter said I, in an interview, he decided that the fucking prostitute looks so much like Tara. So, I thought it would be great to have Jax fucked, fuck this girl. More wasted time. Wasted, dude, not only that, not only are we disgusted by the idea that he has no reaction to Tara whatsoever, sentimental-wise, but now, ten days go by since she died, and then you have to take every episode by then, by the day. So now we're talking 20 days after his wife is laying dead in his arms, bleeding on him, dead. He is balls deep in a whore? I hate to say it, but as... Cliched as this would have been, if he would have took her, I see promise in you. I'll get you out of this life, do a better life. And actually stuck with her, whatever, and made Rebound. her the mom to be. Did anything. Fake story, cliches could be. At least something would have happened. But to just write in extra scenes because of some off-screen chemistry or whatever, and then fucking have it go nowhere, that is more wasted time. Absolutely nowhere. But even think of the timeline. Like, Tara is probably not even beginning to decay yet and he's fucking someone else well that's the thing you could have said all right he 
he's naturally good in the shit environment. Maybe he sees the same thing in her. Maybe, you know, it's a struggle for him to, against all odds, to be with her, even though he loves Terry. I mean, you could have done some cheesy, cliche thing. You, it would have been... But wait, why is he... Why are we worried about his love life right now? That's the big question, really. That's the thing. There, nothing happened. To, there was no story. There was no character arc. There was no progression. He didn't put any of his time in it for any other cause. Why did we have to watch it? Why did we... I I tell you why because like Kurt Sutter uh, Kurt Sutter said at the uh, beginning of that episode what it shows like six different sex scenes at the beginning he's like oh I can throw this in here I can throw this in here yeah, and girls want to see Jax's ass hey they demand it yeah well guess what I think the girls would have uh, wanted him to care more about Tara too I think the girls want to see the sensitive side to this guy. Uh, that they have been seeing the whole time, right to the last fucking episode. Right to season six, where he was going to give up his freedom for her. Like, you, are you missing this? Like, it, it's just crazy, dude. You you would have been better off wasting an episode with him going out with a normal girl, like, meeting the kids, having a great time. Like, oh, maybe he's going to fall in love with a normal girl. And then at the end, being like, I can't have sex with you, whatever, and I lost my wife. That would have been more impactful than anything that happened. But you know what they'll say? Oh, we gave you that, though, because once he rolled off of this girl and he started breaking down and crying. Okay, yes, great idea. However, we shouldn't be there in the first place. Exactly. That's the problem with it. We shouldn't even, he shouldn't be fucking anybody. That's like the last thing that should be going on right now. Or even if he is, don't show it to us because we are on limited time here for a conclusion of a story. No fucking point to see it. Well, we saw Greensleeve, so we could see anything at that point. Yeah. yeah. And then they'll say, oh, guys, uh, you're forgetting something. Jax cheated on her in season three. Okay. He did that to to push her away to save her from this life. So that was noble, believe it or not. He deliberately did it to push her away because he knew that she's too good for this. Okay. Excused. Then he bashed that bitch's face on the thing anyway and spit in her face. So that's already wiped clean. Second, okay, he cheated on her in season six with the whore chick. Uh, yeah, but that is when him and Tara had absolutely zero connection. They couldn't be any more distant at all. That was all resolved when Tara beat the shit out of the girl and said in the street, look what you're doing to me. What's happening to me? And Jax was, you know, halfway in his underwear outside. Uh, remember when they ran out of the place um, and all that? And then that was wiped clean when he did the right thing, take the boys, go. They they made love one last time at the last episode, and he was going away to jail for her. So right there, he's back where he should be mentally, you know, uh, that way. You would think. Yeah, he would think. So don't put that th- that past stuff as if this is okay. Oh, this is a – these guys and, – and Clay Barkley said, these guys live in a high-tension situation, man. You you, you you can't expect them to not relieve stress. Relieve stress. Jack said go jerk off in the bathroom. What's he doing having sex with people? It just – I don't know. Just you, really weird. You get previous seasons where you have these montages with the old ladies or the hookers and the horse, and it's never anything like that. It's always – sit on the edge of the bed rubbing your head or you know rolling over to be alone so, like you get these emotional scenes like dealing with the somewhat similar situations but we don't need a fucking ass montage in the final season there's no there's no point like give us something if you're gonna waste our time at least 
let us read between the lines. Just don't be like, yeah, they need to fuck. So we're showing you fuck. Everyone's fucking, you know, he's got a prostitute. He's got a girlfriend, whatever, you know. It's just like you said, they needed to do it. Insert here. Yeah. And you get the whole storyline with. Um, I'm sure that's not what you said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, that you was get, great. <laughs> you get Rat and his girlfriend too. That whole storyline for no reason. Why are you wasting our time? Nowhere. Nowhere. And here's the thing: when that happened, I said he's dead in the next episode. Fancy says, "Why?" I said, "Why would they put any time into Rat and his girlfriend unless one of these two were going to die?" Exactly. What's the point? Why? What are they going to do? Where are they going to go after that? Nowhere. So. Or he becomes a, a huge hero or character. He, he does anything, just something to justify wasting scenes. Oh, well, let's go to a couple more things that just led nowhere real quick. The diner scene where they threw in this cameo of Michelle Lee. The glee bitch, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, when they threw in the Disney chick when Clay was going to sleep with her and Gemma got jealous and beat her up in season uh, f- uh, six? Five? Um, it's five, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Tisdale. Ashley, Ashley Tisdale, yeah. Yeah. That was cool. And those guys were going to kill her and Jack's protector. That was cool. This one, you have this long, pointless conversation. Hey, you want to sleep in my car? The keys are on the tire. Oh, what's your son's John? Uh, oh, my son died. Or, or no, actually, in real life, uh, Leah Michelle's kid uh, or husband died. Or her fiance. Her boyfriend that was on Glee, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why are you talking about this? Like, you literally made her have, a have I think, someone that died. Like, her, I think they wrote it as her... Uh, her husband died or something on the show. It was just really awkward. Well, here's the problem. Like, Sopranos, I said, it's a predecessor. You build off of previous shows' strengths. You look at Breaking Bad. It wins all these awards. Sons doesn't. You don't think Kurt Sutter and people from Sons are watching Breaking Bad and saying, what are they doing that we're not, you know, do we need more emotion here? Do we need more drama? Do we need more drawn-out scenes? Yeah, drawn-out scenes, apparently. Well, that's what it is. And then you get these... These dinosaurs, let's get a guest cameo and let's do something, you know, that's going to make headlines and everyone's going to watch. Even people that don't normally watch to see Leah Michelle come and do her most controversial I'm, role yet. That's what they said. I've seen episodes of Glee where she's been more controversial than on that show on Sons of Anarchy. There was the buildup for the whole two weeks before about it. You would have thought, like, she was going to be a hooker and murdering people. Like, that that whole episode was made and written for buildup and publicity and was not for the fans of Son of Anarchy. It was for everybody else who didn't watch it. And so, she, uh, what, what I read in, I read an interview with her, and she was uh, apparently a huge fan of the show from the beginning, and had just basically been lobbying to get a guest appearance on the show. Well, they should have gave her a real spot and a real story and something to do instead of exploiting the yeah. fact that this good girl is on the bad show and not even do anything with her. Well, check this out. They could have. There was a huge opportunity here. Gemma tells her that my son's wife is dead and it's my fault. Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Gemma's pissed at Unser for some reason, I think, because he said that she wants he wants Gemma to testify about something. And she said, I don't go to cops, blah, blah. So she's mad at Unser. She tells him to F off and she leaves him at the diner alone and says, get your own ride. So Unser is sitting there alone. Leah Michelle comes over and says something to him. I think it was only about what do you do you need anything to eat or whatever. And then the scene is over. Why didn't and that was the and here's the and that's leading to another thing. 
why didn't Leah Michelle go, uh, weren't you with that lady or something? He goes, yeah, you know, she's pissed at me, blah, blah. She's not having a good day. And Leah Michelle go, yeah, yeah, she's, she's really down and out. She's telling me about how, you know, somebody died and it's her fault. She's feeling very guilty. And Unser just go, what? And then the scene, like, goes to his face and it ends. Because we're all wondering why Unser has not figured this shit out yet. He was right there. Gemma disappears at the same exact time. Blah, blah, blah. Shows up crying, fucking hysterical, right after she kills her. Yep. And he has no idea. And I've heard Dayton Kelly defend this, too. And he was saying, you know, all you guys expect me to know about this. You know, I'm I'm an old guy and I'm smoking dubs all day, man. I'm not at my I'm not at my sharpest. And it's like, well, dude, you just got hired by the fucking cops to help them, and do, like you weren't at your sharpest. Well, that's horrible. That's horrible if you said that because you could say that. Oh, he's so madly in love with Gemma that he is purposely ignoring what's in front of his face. That would be a better reason than I'm old and smoking dope. Maybe he doesn't even understand the headspace his character is supposed to be in. That's the problem here. Nobody does. Nobody does. If you were Chibs, if you were that actor, or Bobby, wouldn't you say, Hey, Kurt, is there going to be a moment where I'm Bobby? And I... I talked to Jax about, I understand that you have a vendetta here, but you're bringing, you're bringing a lot of heat to the club, and this cannot sustain. This behavior cannot, this club won't sustain. This club means more to you than anything in the world now, because you don't have anything else, except your kids that you don't give a fuck about. So, what are you doing? Nothing. Like, nobody knows their headspace. It's almost like they intentionally wanted the audience to lose connection with all the main characters during the last season. Right. And they did. And it's weird, man. And I'm going to give you a reason of why. Just try to remind me later. There's some people that don't have a problem with the season. I, I think I have a, an answer why they don't. So Jax shoots Jury, which is completely out of ca- And it's weird because Jury does pull a gun on Jax, but for some reason that doesn't seem to matter to anybody. That's really weird. And the other weird thing about it is that the whole show, the demise of the main character hangs on an event that happened six or seven episodes into the last season. That was all leading, all this was leading to something he does right before the show's over to make him die? Like, that's just strange in itself. You would think that it was a buildup to something. It was a whole other thing, you would think. Jax never finds out that Gemma kills JT. He never finds out that she was a conspirator with Clay. I guess when Jury said that, oh, even though his uh, brakes were cut or whatever it was, he would have known as soon as he kicked that. He knew that pan head from front to back. Right. I guess since he said that, we're supposed to not care that Gemma killed her husband. You know, again, with uh, we talked about the characters not knowing their own headspace. Were any of you guys shocked when Bobby gets his head blown off and Chibs and Jax are crying? What does Chibs do later that night? Fucks the cop? On a cop car. That blows my mind, that whole storyline, that you have a whole season full of new storylines 
that do not have any cause or effect to any real storylines. They're just their own individual side lanes. Oh, and at the end, she's talking to her boss or whatever. Oh, you know, you play both sides or you did what you had to be a good cop. No, we don't need that. We don't need a new cop. There's a cop or DEA or somebody every fucking season, you know, and they just disappear and hear from Why not bring some of these other characters back that were just left hanging, you know? Dude, why not bring him back? Where the fuck was August Marks this whole time? Oh, yeah. a different show. How to Get Away with Murder, I think it was. Right. Like, Cody, tell me the impact of his whole aura was not felt by you because he's not there. No. No, such a major character in, what, the last two seasons? And then he's just fucking gone? It's just just crazy. Uh, Let's talk about the biggest letdown of all. The whole season, it hangs on many things, and one of the things is the rat. Who is the rat? We gotta find out. Come on, Jax, man. We got This should have been taken care yes. of weeks ago. Okay. Let's see. What would have been... Now, should we first say who the rat is and how it was so pointless, or... And it led, once again, to nowhere. Or, should we first say who it could have been and how it would have been epic? Who it could have been, and I think I know where you're going with this, Alex. Are you going to say Chibs? Because I was going to say Chibs because of his ties to the IRA. And how, yeah, because somebody even wrote an article about that. They were hoping it was Chibs because they saw that the season was going nowhere. And it's just, oh, who could we kill next? And pointlessness. And again, you go back to Hamlet, you know, his best friend betraying him. Yep, and it didn't happen. Chibs could have been pissed because Jax gave the guns to Black, which is obviously the things the Irish hated more than anything. And he could have still had his roots in the Irish, although he was there, and he could have been a rat. He could have been he could have been planted there by the Irish, and who would have ever known? You know, you could think, oh, that's weird that he's hanging out with the Suns because he's sort of Irish, and they seem to not get along. But we, six years later, you wouldn't think anything. You know, so that would have been epic. And it would have been believable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Number two, Tig. Yeah, here you go. There. He should have been dead. Why? Why exactly? And why? How could this have worked out perfect? Do you know why Tig, what opportunity would have happened where he could have done the switch and then been in there? Do you know where? Remember that exact scene? Jack sets him up. They cut away and he comes back to the clubhouse where he's still alive. And you don't see the conversation. It don't see the conversation with August Marks could have been the only way you're walking out of here is if you're an informant otherwise you die the real question is how in the fuck did kurt sutter and his writing team not see this i don't know i mean they supposedly know the characters better than any of us how the fuck do they miss this right and and the last possible rat that went nowhere chucky yeah chucky was introduced to us as a rat Yes. From from Lynn. (laughs) He ratted on Lynn. So who knows what could have happened when they cut his hands off. And and they got, they they sent him back to the Suns or whatever happened. That, you know, a guy, once you're a rat, you're always a rat. You learn that from Sopranos. And he becomes uh, pretty much one of the most loyal members of the club that's not a member of the club. Right. And he gets no arc other than telling someone he's not an idiot. Uh, and that's it. Other than that, he's an idiot. You know, I mean, that that went nowhere, that whole thing. I'm carrying around a chili bowl with a head in it. That's what I do. 
We can do Devil's Advocate for the rat that the writers of the show said that the rat was so obvious and everyone saw it except Jax because he was so delusional from um, revenge and all the stuff. He was so sidetracked he couldn't see what was right in front of him because I'm sure that would be their excuse. Oh, yeah. Well, when he popped the guy at the store who was giving too much information when um, Borowski shot him, like, okay, I guess we're done talking to him. Uh, right there, it's obvious Borowski's hiding something. So, again, here's the thing. It's almost like anything that you saw leading to anything in the beginning of this season is exactly where it went. There were no twists and turns. Jack shoots Jury. Well, you have to go meet Mr. Mayhem because you killed one of the, you know, guy. Okay, that's exactly what happens. Um... Borowski shot, sh- shoots the guy. He must be hiding something. Guess what? Yes, he's hiding something. Is Jax going to kill his mom? He's going to kill her when he finds out. Yep. That's what he does. You know, and everyone's like, anybody with a brain would tell you, and I can't believe nobody told Sutter, the worst thing you could do to Gemma is leave her completely alone with nobody. Everybody gone. The kids are gone. Jax is dead. The club is d- dismantled to nothing. Her whole world is everything that she holds strong, family, blah, 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 friends, club, gone. Left completely. Nero leaves her, everything. I've never thought of that, but what a way that would have been to end. Yep. That's yep. your real tragedy right there. Because that's what's important to her. If she's dead, she doesn't even know she's dead. She's just dead. She doesn't know it. Yes. You know, it would be more suffering for what she did. And what's funny, Gemma had more of a reaction to Tara's death than, than Jax. Yeah! <laughs> That's what he should have been doing. Talking to her. Uh, and she's not even there. You know, that's... He should have been breaking down. He should have been going nutty over it. Not just worrying about uh, the street politics. Oh, uh, what about the side shit? The 49ers. Oh, we need you to... This new guy's in town, man. We need you to kill him to show August Marks that something, something. And then they, they, like, trick these guys into thinking they're going to go to the warehouse and buy guns, and they just kill them. Like, is this for real, what we're doing? Holy shit. Are we just filling time? If so, why are you making each episode 90 minutes instead of an hour? Like, I couldn't believe that we were watching that. It's just insane to me, man. And another total letdown. Nero has been talking about buying a farm for a year and a half. Everybody knows the terminology buy the farm means you die. So Nero is going to buy the farm, right? This will be the most sad moment since Tara. Uh, you know, Nero is nothing but with the nicest guy in the world. He got the crippled kid. He's in the cardigans. Yeah, he went back to the OG thing. Uh, he didn't want to. He's, you know, he really wants to be the peacemaker. But man, he's getting involved in something he don't know. You know, it's getting, you, you shouldn't get in between this thing, man. You're going to get killed. What happens? Nothing. He literally buys a farm. And no character arc. None whatsoever. His character from day one to the final episode changes not at all. (laughs) I'm like, Jesus Christ, you have Jimmy fucking Smits here. One of the greatest character actors that has ever lived. And you do nothing with him. They were so worried about Jax that they missed all these opportunities. Amazing. You think, like you said, you give him a character arc, make him so close to just his own, finally doing his own happiness, some way or another he gets killed, 
Jen was all alone with nobody. Now this is an ending that could have been impactful, that could have felt like all the seasons of Sons of Anarchy. So we get this scripted, shoved down your throat. Oh, it's the way it had to end. It was meant to be from season one. Like I said, as over the top as the show is, I always felt it was somewhat based in some kind of messed up reality. Mm-hmm. When I start seeing scripted television literally shoved down my throat, scripted, I just check out. It doesn't even feel like the real show. It's like, it's, it's the direct-to-video sequel to, you know, a great movie. <laughs> That's the best analogy I've heard to describe season seven so far, Tony. It is. It's perfect. Uh, I'd like to get into a positive, and it's funny because one of my favorite yeah. moments of the season and the show in general had literally nothing to do with Jax or any of our main characters, but one of the only times this season that I felt an emotional impact, and it was not Gemma's death or Unser or I think Jax I know what you're going to say. Or Can I that? predict it? Yeah. I'm going to guess. Yeah. The Diosa shooting. Yes. Yes! Amazing! That is when I felt it was vintage anarchy again. Exactly. When this is, I, I brought it up a bunch of times, the suspense, the setup, the way they film, the way they write, it makes you feel things that other movies and shows can't. Now, I'm not a prostitute, I'm not a hooker, I'm not an escort, I'm not a female. Well, I try. You know, for some reason, when this, you know, MILF that Jax may or may not be set to be with, when she's going about her business, helping out, being somewhere she's not even supposed to be that day, and you see the guys walk in, and you get that feeling that I keep talking about before anything is even said, and you're like, oh, shit, shit. And you look at her going about her business and then you already feel it before she does and you see the look on her face amazing and you're trapped in the mindset of somebody who knows that they are living this second and a few seconds later they will not be living and you go in the headspace and you connect and you did and amazing mind is blown how scared i was in that couple seconds for that fictional character on tv who put two and two together and said, no matter what I do or say right now, my life is ending, but I'm still alive right now and I know my life is going to be ending. That blows my mind to fathom that. What happens in your head to just see death walk through the door when one second you're just going through your business and then I'm dead, but I'm still breathing, but I know I'm dead. To, to get that in a TV show on FX and... To make you feel that when you're watching it. End of the episode, no main characters are involved, but my god, that's that's damn good television, like to make you feel that. Like I said, vintage perfection. That is is one of the, the, the bright spots in the in the dismal uh first um not, uh, eight episodes or whatever. Um that was one of the greatest ever. That was when I felt, okay, well, maybe this show is getting good again, you know? And I felt that. And then, again, it, it dipped into nothingness. And it's it's and to do a positive, I'll give, sure, positives. The show became amazing as soon as uh, Abel told Jax that uh, it was Gemma. It was amazing. The, the, fit, the look he gave and all that stuff and everything beyond that moment was perfection. I think it was the episode where Bobby died. Um, that episode in itself was great, actually. That whole episode was great. 
then the whole, everything that led after that when Jax was completely consumed with his mom killing Tara and finding out the truth and all that stuff. And then at that point, I think one of the reasons I felt that way, and I, I don't know if you guys did, but it's because Jax seemed completely like he cares again and it was the real guy again. Yeah. You know? And But then I'm so cynical at this point how I feel about the whole season. I actually convinced myself that it's disingenuine because I said, I think Jax cares more about the idea that his mom killed Tara than he does over that Tara's dead. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Am I right? Yeah, right? Yes, yes, yes. Right. You know, that seemed to bother him more. Well, here's just for positive. If their whole streamline writing for the final season was to try to build an environment and characters and conversation that normally don't apply to the show just saying maybe it's uh try to grab an award for the last season now that breaking bad's gone but the episode where Jax does find out and you get the scene of nero on the phone with Gemma. yeah that is fucking awesome and then you end the episode with Jax and nero crying and hugging acting everything that's just phenomenal if you had to write a couple hiccups here there to to build those scenes well then they they fucking pull those scenes off because man well, if you if you weren't tearing up watching Nero and Jax right there like you, I just all flood in and just see those characters and then the, the episode ends like mm-hmm. that was so well done I, I don't know I had a really hard time buying that because Nero and Jax, these guys have not known each other that long, and Nero's supposedly in love with Gemma, and that's, you know, the way he acts, he's willing to lay down and die for her, and then once he finds out that she killed Tara, it's just, oh, I don't give a fuck about her anymore. You get one scene of him sitting on her bed crying. That could go either way for me. I... I was at the point where I could understand being completely disgusted with her. And I think he's, you know, he's, he's seen enough. I can almost forget, dude, in this shitstorm, I could forgive that. I'll put it that way. Um, here's what I thought you were going to say. Okay. All those scenes would have been brilliant and epic, including the Juice and Jack scene in prison, except for one small detail. Charlie Hunnam. Now, he explained this in Anarchy Afterwards as soon as the season ended. And mm-hmm. I knew, I, I told everybody, this is what's happening here. And when he said it, I was like, bam, I knew it. I knew exactly why this was happening. This guy's accent was so thick and came through almost every single scene in the whole seventh season. And I said, the reason why this is happening is because Charlie Hunnam probably is getting lost in the character and he's living the moment and he's not focusing on his accent. Wow. That's exactly what he said he did. And I was like, son of a bitch, I knew it, man. He said in the first season, all his energy was in his mouth and in his whole, you know, his face and all that to to get the to, to translate the dialect and make it an English uh, uh, not an American accent and when he wa- he wanted to get more deep in, uh, deep into the character and he didn't focus so much 
and he said, I probably got a little too deep and it slipped a little more than it should have. Those things threw me off so much. You know, I was so into that whole thing with him and Juice at the jail. He's like, you're telling me my mother killed Tara. And I'm just like, what? What did you say? And and then it's like, you're telling me my son is is telling me that his grandmother... And I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, why is... Is anybody saying, hey, take two, can we do this again? My mind's blown. I never... I never... I never realized it until now. Really? No, no, I knew there was something off about it. Especially that scene, I didn't know what it was. That scene with Juice and him in prison. I I remember watching it, I'm like, what the fuck was wrong with that? (laughs) You just pretend it does not take place in California. It takes place somewhere else, and then... Irish, suburban. I know he's, he's not even Irish or whatever, but Ing- I always feel whenever uh, foreigners, like um, it was a, even Harry Potter and Horns, whenever they try to do American accents, it always comes off as like tr- trying to cover up an Irish accent. Yeah. Well, if Charlie Hunnam wants to be Jax, why doesn't he just spend his whole life for those seven years talking in American You know, why don't you just do that? Wouldn't it be a lot easier by the time you get to set? That's what I brought up about the when they broke into his apartment um, story earlier, is that when he was talking in his normal tongue, if you will, the, the people weren't giving him the time of day. He goes, I started screaming at the guy breaking the house in my Jack's voice, and he just fucking ran. <laughs> he goes, my voice had no difference on the actions that I was going to do. And he goes, I don't, you know, I don't know how to fight. I was actually going to fight him, but he goes, you know, my my foreign accent was not intimidating the guy at all. And he just, and I, he goes, I put on the Jax voice, and the guy ran the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Jax is the coolest character on the planet of of any television show ever. He is the coolest thing ever. There's no more badass person than Jax. How did everybody feel about Hunter and Jimma's death? <sighs> Amazing. I, well, I was disappointed. Like I said, they could have done so much more with Gemma than just uh, what everybody thought would happen. Um, however, it was done right. Yeah, yeah. As disappointed I was, as I was that both the characters had to die... I thought it could have been done a lot worse. You know, I didn't want Unser to die, but, you know, I was like, you know, what? how much more fitting? You know, he, he dies right there defending the woman he loves. and Right. You know the way it's better, though? It plays out the same way. Unser tells Jax, I'm going to arrest her. I'm going to take her in. Gemma's been running the whole time. Do anything, get away. Gemma kills Unser, so Jax will kill her. Oh my god! Yeah, just so that what should happen, she lives by the code. She'll die by the code with no inter- yeah. He gets killed by the person he loves and do anything for her to save, even when he knows she's a piece of shit. And she kills him just so she can rest in peace that her son got the revenge or whatever. Wow, like, that would have been good too. I, I thought it was. Um, I think the the most amazing part of that scene. It was very subtle, and maybe nobody even really thought about it because they're just so amazed that he's dead. Is Gemma's lack of reaction to it? No, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, she's such in a place where she knows eh, it's all. It's all over now. No, yeah. None of this means any. This world is dead to me anyway. What's the difference? Who's running around uh, doing whatever they do? You know, they're 
It's all gone. She's been using Unser for years, though. Yeah, right. So he's always been a pawn or a puppeteer. She's, he's laying right there, and there's no effect on her at all because he literally died for her, and she never gave a fuck about him, only to further her or her, the club or anything. And that's the tragedy of it. That's why if she would just killed him, it would have been more impactful. It would have been even more shitty than having no reaction. It's it's great. Yeah, I have I really have no problem with anything in the last um, five episodes. I think the only thing I um I didn't like was Jack's banging the whore, <coughs> and um the relationship with uh, Rat and the girl. I don't know what the point of that was. If he didn't die, there and it's it's weird because oh yeah, here's the thing. Uh, Rat does that, and then he gets kidnapped after that by the black uh, gang, and he just. He makes it out. Like, why did you give us... Is, is that another, ooh, that was a curveball, I fooled you because... That was a close one! Yeah, I made you think he was going to die because you were wondering why I got into his relationship with a random girl who went nowhere, just like I made Chucky go nowhere, just like I made her go nowhere, just like I made Rat go nowhere, uh, just like I made Boroski the big ta-da with that meant nothing, really. I mean, who cares that Boroski was the rat? So what? We had RoboCop on our series. Yeah, and where was... Here's another reason it meant, maybe had no impact. Where the hell was Borowski? He was directing these goddamn episodes. You can't say he was on Getting Away With Murder. He was fucking there. Where where was his presence to make us give a shit that he's the rat? It was nowhere. I think once the guy died, and he, I think once he shot the guy in that store, I'm not sure Borowski was in another episode. No, not till the last one. No. And and speaking of that, that that uh, uh, that amazing episode where he went to go look for Broski uh, the the one time and he wasn't there and you go on this cop car chase because he knocked out Unser. What was the music they were playing during that chase? Oh my god! Horrible all around. Oh dude, it was like cafe jazz music. It, no, it it was like music from. I I don't even I can't even describe it. It's like if elevator music took cocaine. Right. It was on. It was like piano. It was some piano and something else. It was and like. It was meant to be cliche and corny and cheesy, like opposite of what was going on. A, a show that's that dark and it's ending, it's winding down. You do not exactly. do that. Number one, you got probably the, the, a TV show with the greatest music ever, the greatest soundtrack in the world. I have an entire uh, al- like a, a thing in my iPod like 60 songs from this show and they're amazing yeah such great song selection amazing dude and to think that that's you know just not that they should have been playing a real song but just that that and plus they always play that oh the worst music of the show is the corny rock music they play during chases it is so generic and terrible (laughs) it's so terrible uh, oh my god, those are always the worst. The music they play during chases have have yeah. historically been the worst music on this show. But The one that really sticks out to me, uh, as far as all the the end songs at the end of the episode, is their uh, cover of House of the Rising Sun. Right. It was a zoon in Germanville. Yeah, that was, that's great. You know, all, all the music. The one for the final season, I think, or the final episode was written for the show. Mm-hmm. The come join the murder. That was written for the show, and the one when Tara died, when he's like, 
Take it back, I would take it back for just another no 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 with you. No, no. Oh, the the day is gone. You know that one? Amazing. If you don't know, go to YouTube and type in "The Day Is Gone," uh, Sons of Anarchy tribute, and the first thing that'll pop up is the symbol, and then it says "Contains spoilers, season six. That video, if that if that video doesn't show you how out of character Jax was, then nothing will. Because once you watch that, you will not expect the guy you see in season seven. Now, I'll wrap this up by saying this. I'll and Kurt, if you have, if you ever somebody plays this to you, I don't know if that will ever happen. If we're lucky enough to have that happen, uh, please come on the show, contact me, and whatever. And set us straight. If you think that we're completely way off base, please come on here and, uh, you know, you can contact us through wherever we post this. I'm sure we'll have something for contact. Um, and set us straight. But I'll say this in the def- – it's an odd defense. It's not really a defense, but I'll say this. I'll admit this. I've gotten so many people into this show. I've, I've gotten 10 people alone into this show. Uh, out of those 10 – Eight of them have no problem with this season. And there's a a link between all of them. All of them got to watch this in one big marathon. Whether it took a week or two weeks. Now, I noticed one of my biggest problems with this season was I just was so frustrated because of these, like, false uh, cliffhangers and roads to nowhere, like Gemma with the cabin and all this shit. I just really wanted to know where this was. I was like, where is this? I just wanted, I wanted to be over with. I just want to stop watching this and then just watch them all at once. I can't even take how this is going because of the pacing and the stopping and the where are we going and the stopping and the pacing and the going and starting. I just couldn't take it. And it was like nerve wracking, but I couldn't do that because what if someone died and then I, I have to hear about it by, you know, from somebody else. So I don't have the luxury of doing that because I don't live in a, in a cave. So I think that this episode, uh, this season sits a lot better with people when they just blast through and they don't have to think too much about anything that just happened and they're just seeing the next thing happen. If you were to marathon, at whatever point you stop, you have time to digest. Now, if we started in episode one of season one, now maybe when Jack shoots Tara Stalker and he says, I never killed anybody like that. Now we have a week to think about that. Who is Jax's character? Is he as oh, absolutely. as he says? Is he going to kill a cop? Is he going to go to jail? How is this going to affect? You have a week to think about just a minor action that if you marathon season one and two and start in season three, seemed like just go to the next. We thought about that minor action in a show that didn't even exist yet, only for one season, for a week. Pondered every possibility. Like wait, I think the I think the problem with our re, our feeling of Jax's reaction to Tara was the idea that we sat with it for nine months and we felt a certain way and we wanted to see Jax do what we felt. Exactly. We wanted we wanted to see him express our feelings. We wanted to see him try to be try to be the good guy he's basically been trying to be for the last six years. But yeah, but see, like I said, I'm not sure if I cared if he was a good guy. I just wanted to see him care about her. 
and and care about the loss and care about I, I wanted to see his soulfulness and I wanted to see his pain. You want to see him be Jax, not... Jax, not some guy that someone who didn't watch the first six seasons came in and got a job writing a show, uh, you know. I'm going to do stuff that looks badass and hardcore. Yeah, hey, man, we have... FX lets you kill people. Let's just kill people. Uh, So real quick, my fiancé heard, overheard us, and she pulled audio (laughs) from... Because I'm amazing. (laughs) From the show. (laughs) So here is the music that plays during that car chase. This is like unbelievable. Check this out. Uh, yeah, okay. Jazzy and upbeat on a light show where we're having a good time and running away from cops. Not, uh... Well, all I know is the tone of the show was not at that point where we'd be playing goofball, goofball music. It, it, it was a very serious moment, and I, we don't need that kind of levity. You can have levity with uh, Tig with a joke about the transvestite. Or whatever. Next on Chips! <laughs> yeah, so let's, uh, real quick, uh, yeah... Oh, but yeah. So the point was, everybody who likes this season um, never had to digest the lack of passion or or any any reaction Jax had to um, to Tara, and they got they got enough of it in in these little doses. Like I said in the first second episode with the tear and looking at the thing, and then when he punched out Lynn and said her name was Tara, and it still seemed it was about Tara, and then when he said. You know how this all started? Yeah, because Tara Jax, what they did to Tara. And then, um, you know, um, he finds out from his kid, and suddenly he's into the Tara thing again. So you get confused and think Jax cares about Tara again. But no, it's really just that his mom did it. Um, So those things in your mind paint a much better picture than sitting week after week, getting disappointed week after week. Uh, It just plays better. Season 7 is best to watch in a stretch. Um, I wish I could have. You know, it just... See, and I always thought it uh, was just me being a bastard, losing empathy for Jax uh, over the last uh, season, you know, but I'm, I actually feel a lot better about it now after listening to you guys' opinions on it. Yeah, right? Yeah, I'm so... Yeah, what you guys really uh, confirmed, I thought... See, me and my fiancé felt the same way, and... I thought we were the only people in the world because you go online and you're like, I bet you everyone else is going to say this. And no, man, I didn't find anybody. He gets granted a a semi-hero's death for no reason. He abandoned everything inside of him and made rational decisions and then still granted a a leader's death, a hero's death. Whereas if the actions would have played out realistically how they did the final season, he would have just randomly been shot or killed or anything. It wasn't like... Up until that point in the show, every decision he made was against the grain, but it was from intelligence and passion and learning from history from his father. And that's what built him to be the leader and the man he was, to take over the club and to get people to trust him. When you throw that all away, you're not special. You don't get to ride off like that. You didn't earn that. You didn't make one choice to do one decision that choosing to die when you're already dead doesn't make you a hero. You know, there's no sacrifice there. There was nothing there at the end to... Well said, sir. Well said. Absolutely. Yeah, what... 
Which, why is it a big deal? JT did that because he sacrificed himself so the club can go on, or however they put it. He wasn't, you know, if he if he kicked the bike over and he realized that they fucked with it, he could have just got off the bike. He wasn't necessarily dead. He could have just got on another bike and said, okay, they want me dead, I'm out of here, and <clears throat> could have sailed off into this <coughs> sunset, lived a whole other life. But he was under the same romantic vision that, uh, you know, I am who I am and I can't change even to save my kids, you know, which is ridiculous. And the idea, just like with Jax, you know, I'll throw myself under the bus or the tractor trailer. But when it comes to that, I mean, that 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 is just to me being a parent, that is uh the most unrealistic thing I, I can imagine. You know, you're always going to want to be there to, especially when you have small children, to to want to protect them and uh, try to raise them right and and so on. And you know, you don't ever at any point in your life say, "Hey, you know, uh, I'm not that great a parent. I think I'll just kill myself." Yeah. Oh, dude, it, it's so against type. Oh, by the way, real quick, another thing that led to nothing. I think Tony was uh, alluding to it. Jerry and Chibs, you know. Oh, get this Jesus. Rela- oh, we get this relationship, and then all of a sudden it becomes repetitive really quick with the I hate you, I love you, stay with me, I don't want to, I'm a rebel, I'm a cop, we're not going to, you know. Uh, I think that happened two or three times, definitely two times. Then where is it going? Nowhere. In his pocket, is she gonna be uh, blah, 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 conflicted? No, Chibs uh, now is gonna walk over to her when she's asking about how come I didn't know something or other, and he's gonna go, "Darling, don't get into the business. I'm telling you, you'll you'll get hurt or whatever he said. I don't even know because I haven't watched this again yet um, <clears throat> since it aired five months ago or whatever." Uh, and it was like, well, so what is this? What was the point? Where where we go? So we just watched you do your thing, and that's it. What's Jari's role for now on? What is your? I just it just went nowhere. I mean, I know how else to explain this. Oh, you're going to get killed in the first episode of the next season that doesn't happen. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, business as usual. Hey, let's get back to the street politics. Let's get back to having no vision for the club. If you're not going to have any vision, why bother with it? Why bother doing anything? Why bother getting the guns? Like, I don't, what was the whole point of the season? Were they still trying to get away from guns on some level? I mean, what? If you have no vision, then what are you even? Why don't you just hang out at your clubhouse and go fix bikes and cars? And when you fix your garage up, and go uh, fuck girls and drink, and and do whatever. Like, why are okay. you doing anything? The whole production is a fucking shim. If you think this is their last season and, you know, Kurt Sutter's had his problem with the fucking, what is it, the Emmys or whatever the TV award show is, every category that they could be nominated for, Breaking Bad's been sweeping. Breaking Bad's no longer there. This is this was their year to, you know, finally do something. You want to be taken serious by people who didn't watch your show. If you want people to tune in for one episode, you want to see excellence, 
professionalism, great TV making, setting the bar higher. And then after your episode ends, you put on this shit with a drunk host and drunk guests and unorganized and unscripted and nobody knows what's going on. And next week you got a new host because the host last week sucked. Now you got a, a radio talk show host. And why embarrass yourself? Just put your show on and walk away. Don't try to be something else. Uh, talk about shattering your images of these characters. Yeah. Yeah, right? And here's the thing, dude. The fucking most awkward moment on television. On television that night. Or probably in a year. Was Mark Boone Jr. When he... uh, Did anybody see this? When he got... Oh, I saw it. He he wanted to sit in the president's chair. That had to be the most awkward five straight minutes I have ever endured in my entire life watching TV. I didn't even watch all of it. I didn't even watch all I, I got so uncomfortable with it, I had to shut it off. The first eight episodes of this season, I give a three reluctantly out of five. And the last five, I give a... I'll give a five out of five, even though Borowski was a joke. Him being the rat was a joke. Okay, I can't. I, it it could have been too much. It could have been so much better. I'll give it a f- 4.5 out of five. So, uh, Cody, what do you think? First eight. First eight, okay. Yeah, I gotta give. This will sound harsh, probably, but a two point five. And the last, the last three, I'll give a four because it, it did bring it back. Uh, that that one's for you, Johnny Gore. It brought it back. <laughs> uh, Tony, what do you give the first eight episodes of season seven? Normal rating, I give it a four or four point five out of five. Rating it on a Sons of Anarchy scale, it's between a 2 and a 2.5. Fair enough. That's interesting, because I was thinking, if I had to rate this on not expecting what we've been getting for six years, I would probably give this a 4 out of 5, the first eight episodes. If if I had no expectations and I was just watching TV. Exactly. So it's very interesting that you say that. But knowing what we know and uh, having the standards that Kurt Sutter has created, it drops. You're right. Absolutely. Yes. And I guess you give the last five episodes a five and a five. Yeah. Or 4.5? I'll go 4.5. There's just, even the scenes I knew that was going to happen, there was just certain small nitpicky things that were like different. But then there's some scenes that weren't even big deals I thought were awesome. So... I guess it all balances out to a 4.5 out of 5. Well, like we said, Kurt Sutter, if you hear this, doubt you will. Um, so people are probably going to laugh at me for even insinuating that. Call it Bastard Executioner Podcast number one. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll listen to that. Uh, yeah, he's like, uh, Sons of Anarchy. I, that, people still talking about that thing? But uh, yeah, please contact us. Tell us we're wrong. There's a blackbird perched outside my window I hear him calling I hear him sing He burns me with his eyes of gold to embers He sees all my sins He reads my soul One day that birdie spoke to me Like Martin Luther, like Pericles Come join 
of God. 